also i think most importantly know that as you go through these challenges or these steps that it's going to be uncomfortable knowing that it's going to be uncomfortable will let you know when it, when you feel those feelings of anxiety or the tenseness okay i've already predicted or expected this to happen so this is not a sign for me to retreat or to give in to my anxiety but it's a sign that i'm on the right track hello yes people welcome to another episode of the yes girls where we claire and akumu say yes to doing being or learning something new and documenting our journeys and we invite accomplished experts to educate us and then take on the challenge to entertain you our wonderful listeners and after that we come back to our experts to tell us about their journey of saying yes and then they rate our efforts i honestly think i'm going to do great in this episode i can feel it well that's surprisingly confident I bet you're also going to say that today will be a great recording with no bloopers or mispronounced words. Yes, I strongly believe so and I couldn't be more pleased. What the actual f- what is happening Akumu? Please. I'm, try- I'm trying to get a good rating because today I'm saying yes to being, being happy. Okay, well please turn it down because I don't recognize the Akumu that I know and love. I am positive I'm being happy. You learn to live with this new Akumu. As we said, we're expanding the expertness of this season by having multiple experts in these episodes. We are not the experts. We're just the guinea pigs who inspire you to say yes. So let's see who are the actual stars of today's episode. Today, we have uh, two experts to show us the power of positivity and happiness. First, we have our remote expert who guided Akumu in her challenge, Faith Nyoike. Faith is a psychologist and behavior therapist and founder and lead therapist at Shin Wellness based in Mombasa, Kenya, who is passionate about helping people explore their inner world via more than just the Western medicine approach. Then in the Zoom studio today, we have Jason Phillips, a licensed therapist and confidence expert, speaker and podcaster based in the US. You will hear more from both of them in just a minute. So Akumu, what can you tell us about this challenge and its ultimate purpose? What angle did you tackle it from? Uh, two things. First, being happy is a very abstract concept. What is happiness anyway? And doesn't everyone have a different meaning for it? So the idea was to focus it on this angle. And I found this quote that captures how I did this uh, challenge and how it was structured very well. So the quote goes like this. Not having the best situation, but seeing the best in your situation is a key to happiness. That's a quote by Marie Folio. I think it's a perfect summary. All right, I feel positive about this, so let's get going. Yeah. Before we get into this episode, just one quick thing. This is season five, and so far we've gotten such amazing feedback from you all about previous episodes and season. I'll read one out. This one is from D underscore uh, speakable, that's double E. And that is Dialo Gatabaki, who simply said this for the learning how to rap episode. He said, holy shit, I love this episode. We love you too, Dialo. And that's a huge compliment coming from someone who calls himself a certified trapper. Want to share your feedback or what you're currently saying yes to? Awesome. 
Reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter by dropping a comment or a DM on our page. That's at Yes Girls Podcast. Now back to this episode. So I guess you, dear listeners, are wondering, what do we really mean by being happy? What's that quote that Okumu quoted all about? How do we really know if we're happy? Well, here's what our first expert, Faith, had to say about that. My name is Faith Nyoike. I'm a psychologist. I have a bias with uh, behaviorism. And so taking up this challenge as a specialist and being able to work with um, Akumu on this, I think some background information is that as human beings, what we really mean by being happy is we want to assume someone who doesn't get mad, someone who's always smiling, warm, approachable, joyful, sunshine and rainbows, then that be, that is being happy. Not being able to have negative or aversive emotions or even just welcoming them or expressing them. Then you're a happy soul, you know. But in my understanding over the years, happiness is not a destination but a journey. And there are days that you won't feel very happy. There are days that you will be reprimanded. You will be was punished, you will learn, you will grow. And there are days that you'll find reason to celebrate and you will be happy and it will be truly a happy day. Happy times, happy memories. But one thing for sure is pleasant memories go into the long-term memory storage in our brains instantly. And they're so episodic. A smell would trigger a happy memory. Um, uh, uh, color a song, you know, someone's laughter, and they will trigger that. So happiness is actually a journey. It's not a destination. It keeps going. Today, what made you happy when you're six years old doesn't make you happy anymore when you're 16. And it's none of your business when you're 26, and it keeps changing because change is the only constant in life. So when we really, what we, when we really are happy or what we want to mean by being happy is that it is actually a feeling. And it comes and goes. There are happy days, there are sad days. There are happy days, there are what gloomy days. Just like there's joy and pain in this rain and sunshine, it's the same way happiness will come and go. How do we really know if you're happy? Well, it depends because someone who suffered trauma, maybe they've they've, been, they've grown up in an assististic home, they and they were conditioned to constantly smile. They will smile even on days that they have nothing to smile about or that they are really crashing and drowning. So we can't really say we have an outward uh, show of smiling because people can fake it, people can act, people can pretend. But how we know we are happy is that we are at peace, we have serenity, and we're genuine. I think for me it reflects on how you relate with people. Again, I'm very behavioral-oriented, relationship-guided and so how you relate to people, how you show up in their good days, how you wish them happy birthday. Is it that you're genuinely happy for them that they turned a year older or that, hey, lest you say I forget? Or as ammunition that when my time comes, lest you forget to wish me happy birthday, I wish you happy birthday. Like how you behave around people and how relationship-wise you are, how you reciprocate 
other people's feelings, I think then you know you're happy or not because then when we can't celebrate or when we're faking it or when you show up and you remind us every day how you showed up for us, then were you really genuinely there for us? Was it a task you are completing or that we were celebrating with you? So I think for me, happiness quite really reflects on how we relate, how we reciprocate. And that shows if you're happy. So I could be happy today. Happy birthday. Oh my gosh, congratulations on the battle of joy. But then when I go back home, um, I'm a mess. And I'm asking God, why not me? Or wh- where did I go wrong? Then why are you happy a minute ago? Or why are you keeping up appearances for as long as you could? Also, the length. Again, when we have negative emotions, when you're not so happy, they're not integrated, like trauma memories bad memories sad memories they're not integrated into our long term so even like how you remember them is a trigger and it alters your behavior but with happy memories they're locked and loaded in their long-term memory so when they're pulled out it's a nice time you find yourself smiling to yourself because you just remembered something nice that happened to you and you are really truly happy at that time you know and so again um sustainability of the feeling your behavior towards people, how you relate, your relationship, and things like those. I think that really shows if you're happy or not. And unfortunately, we live in a world that most people are faking it, and it's so sad. So, Akumu, tell us how Faith briefed you and set you off on your merry way for this challenge. So I met with Faith for a, uh, on a call to figure out what I could do in my quest, in this quest for happiness. Um, so I did a bit of intro of who I am and what demons I fight constantly. <laughs> and she came up with a list of five things I could do uh, as a challenge um, to be happy. And they are as follows. I, I, I bet you'll wonder why she chose this. Um, so the first one was take yourself out alone. Second one was start an exercise regime. Third one was plan or purpose to let go of a grudge or someone that pissed you off. Fourth one was have a week where you will purpose to get eight hours of sleep every day. That was mm-hmm. probably the biggest challenge. <laughs> I didn't choose that one. And then five was practice some philanthropy. So plan to give uh, to a cause or give your resources. And this could be in time, energy, intellectual property or money. And she gave me these five options and she told me I can choose two or three to do in a span of, you know, a week or two. Claire, can you guess what I did or what would be most challenging? I think you kind of do, but which of these five do you think are the most, are the ones I should have chosen? Well, the eight hours of sleep is definitely a challenge. That would be maybe too big of a challenge. Yes, yes. I didn't choose it for that reason. The grudge sounds easy, but I'm not sure. That sounds a bit almost too theoretical yeah take yourself out alone hmm? have you ever have you done that uh, yeah so you let you find out later <laughs> that's actually one of the ones i choose mm. and the others what do you think uh start an exercise regime well some of us follow you on instagram and some of us are friends with you so we know you know yeah we number know two was the easiest the <laughs> number two was really i was already doing it so for me the biggest one was number one and she put it at number one i was like why i wish it was number five you know i'd say it was the last one i didn't see it um <laughs> But, but that was really the hardest thing for me. I, I have social anxiety. So everywhere I'm with people, I'm scared. What are they thinking? So if I'm alone in a place, that's even harder. And that's what I went with primarily. Um, the forgiving one, I'll also talk about that. I think those two were my biggest ones. Um, and that's what I chose to go with. 
Okay, so before we hear more about that, let's have a little chat with Jason. Great. So, Jason, we're so glad to have you here sharing with us. Um, now, I want to know what has been your path towards what you do today and why are you passionate about it? Yeah, well, first, um, Claire, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you all today. And my path has been, uh, I started out in psychology. So I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, and I started out at Eastern Michigan, graduating with my bachelor's in psychology. Then I went on to earn my master's in clinical social work at University of Michigan and currently pursuing my doctorate in social work at Bear University. So that's the educational piece. But as far as what led me to do the work, I've always wanted to help people and more so help people achieve the personal and professional goals that they wanted to. I've always been curious to why some people struggle with reaching the goals and living the life that they want and others, it seems to come at ease with them. So between studying psychology and clinical social work, I've been able to have the education background to match my passion to help people pursue their goals. Awesome. You, you just mentioned so many places and schools that some of us can only dream of. Um, <laughs> now, the next question is a two-parter. So number one, um, how would you define being happy? I know it's very broad, but what would your definition of it be, especially in the context of this episode and what Akuma was taking on? And then the second part is, what would you anticipate someone to get out of the experiences that faith suggested for a woman? What would you maybe expect them to learn or gain or change in their perspective um, after going through those experiences, theoretically? Yeah. So first, when it comes to being happy, it's a mental and emotional state. I don't think that it's something that you can you can buy, you can't buy your way into happiness. You can't earn your way into happiness. It has to do with you feeling comfortable with who you are and waking up looking forward to the day. So if you can say, you know what, I'm I'm not dreading tomorrow. I'm actually looking forward to my day or the experiences that I have. Then that's you being happy. Um, th to the second part, I feel like some of the suggestions that Faith recommended were really spot on when it comes to you know, having a, a strong exercise regimen, that's always good for, you know, building up your, your mental health and physical health and also making a plan. When we can iron out what we want for us, then it gives us a sense of control. And then instead of life just happening to us, we're able to make life happen. Awesome. <laughs> I'm sad that I didn't get to do this challenge now. Um, and it was just Akumu. So Akumu, speaking of that, tell us, what was the good, the bad, and the ugly of forcing or rather encouraging yourself to be happy? Well, I'll use the, your, your naming there as categories. <laughs> so, well, for the good, um, like everyone else on the planet, I want to be happy or rather happier. <laughs> so for me, that means pretty much being at peace with myself. Um, I think Marvin Gaye has said that if you cannot have, if you cannot find peace within yourself, you'll never find it anywhere else. So as a neurodivergent, it's kind of like my default mode is to be in constant battle or war with myself. Um, so this challenge was very necessary. <laughs> so for the bad, I'm categorizing bad in quotes because it was very uncomfortable for me. So I chose 
the first task, which was going to a restaurant uh, by myself with no phone uh, to distract me from my anxiety or my overthinkingness. Um, so knowing this about myself, I kind of did a dry run first. So <laughs> I went to a restaurant with my phone alone just to see how uh, how I would feel about it. Um, it was a burger restaurant, one of the best burger restaurants in Nairobi. Um, it was a weekday evening. Um, thank God for that because not, it was not super full. <laughs> and then I remember very well, I wanted to go in and then my body seriously turned back and I was like, okay, I can't do this. And then I walked all the way to the stairs and then I just, I was like, okay, I have to do this. So I forced myself to walk back in. Um, and then I went to a corner of the restaurant, uh, not a corner really, but kind of like the balcony outside because I, it was a dry run. I really didn't want to be the center of everything, just alone and I'm already uncomfortable as it is. Um, so since, yes, it was a dry run, I just did, um, I had my phone and I remember I, I chatted even with Claire while I was there. I think I told you Claire that I was in a restaurant alone, right? And I yeah. think I also friend and she was telling me, oh my God, you know, that's amazing. You have so much courage. And I was just like, okay, but now I'll put my phone back uh, because now that was the first time I had to do like a 20 minute session of just not looking at my phone, which was very awkward because now I had to figure out what am I looking at if not my phone. <laughs> so I kept looking at people around me and then looking at the waiters. It was very uncomfortable. I think the first time I couldn't even get to 20 minutes, I got to 15 and then I took back my phone and I told my friend, this is really hard. <laughs> yeah, so and I think- My question is, how do you even know if it was 15 or 20 minutes without having to look at your phone? Because I looked at it before I put it down. And then now when I <laughs> back after, uh, like, okay, now I have nothing else to look at. Let's take the phone back, yeah. So the dry run, I did now another 20 minutes session of just looking around, but I, I don't think I could do more than that because <laughs> I was running out of things to look at. Um, I think even one of the waiters thought I was, you know, hitting on him because I was just like, okay, now he's a good focal. <laughs> I kept, you know, serving everyone. And then the burger came, it was amazing. So at least the burger and the drinks, you know, took a bit of the time. So I, I spent like one and a half hours there. Yeah, the dry run was good. Now to the ugly. Um, I'm categorizing this as the actual, you know, when I went with no phone and I was a lone ranger in the restaurant and I had a meal, it was very brutal kind of. <laughs> and the other ugly was now the second task that I picked, which was forgiving someone. Uh, that was, I think, task one and task three. Yeah, so for the restaurant, I chose a place that was close to home so that I wouldn't have to, you know, use the phone to get an Uber, blah, blah, blah. And there's a nice restaurant just across my house. So I walked there and thanks to my dry run, now I knew the kind of things I would look at when I have nothing to, you know, look down on, no, no, no smartphone. Um, so I sat at the bar. The restaurant has a bar, which is pretty much in the middle of the whole place. Uh, I forced myself to sit there because there was no way I was doing a corner. The good thing with sitting at the bar is that you can look at the bartender, right? <laughs> when he's pouring drink. Um, and then, of course, I would look at the waiters, do a bit of people watching around. Uh, but I must admit, the meal was kind of rushed. Like this time, I rushed things because now I didn't have a phone, you know, to, to you know, kind of take a break on. Uh, and I also didn't want the waiters to find me creepy. As again, 
um, but it was kind of um, it was better and kind of safer to do, you know, waiters because people watching it always creeps me out when our eyes lock and then I'm just like oh shit, and then you have nothing else to look at. You know, you can't look down on your phone and and you know pretend you are looking at your phone. <laughs> so it was just very brutal, just very uncomfortable. Um, but I think as always the meal coming and the, the, the drink coming always give me now something else to look at and something else to do. Um, yeah, so I think I left there, I think it was an hour. It was a weekday because there was no band because choosing a night that had a band would mean I would focus on that and then it would not be as uncomfortable. So it was a weekday, no band, no DJ. And I remember leaving after one hour and feeling, you know, just a liberating feeling of, you know, I, I had no one to talk to, but I did it. Like, this is very scary for me, knowing that I have social anxiety. Yeah, so that was one of the uglies. The other ugly was, you know, forgiving someone. <laughs> this was very annoying. Um, so I messaged someone that I had wronged, and I think we had wronged each other. It was we, the last time we had met, it was a very toxic, you know, you know, exchanging words match. So I reached out uh, to him on a message. I apologized. And then we talked it through, like, what, where was your head at at that time? This was where I had, this was how my head at was then. Uh, I'm sorry. And then it felt really good to be in a good place with them after months of wondering how and what had happened between us. So that was pretty good. Um, and lastly, which is the ugliest of all <laughs> the tasks, was now forgiving myself. Um, not even sure what I'm forgiving myself for, but there's this um, self-love meditation on the Insight Timer app that is perfect for this. You know, it's, it's about imagining you're walking in a forest, um, you find a mirror in the forest, you touch it, you know, hand to hand, you, you know, your reflection on yourself, and you say, I forgive you. And as simple as it seemed, that stuff made me cry. <laughs> uh, so I guess there's a lot of shame and guilt that I have to get past. And, you know, there's a lot I have to forgive myself for. I'm not even sure what. Uh, but I've done that two times since. And tears are still coming out. So that will continue. So that's pretty much it. Good, bad, and ugly. Is it just me or did you skip the good? The good was now, yes, I'm like all human beings who want to be happy, so I was willing to do it. Now, I have opinions on this, but Jason, we want to know what you make of that. Is that a good example of someone using their mindset and pushing themselves out of their comfort zones to be their best, happier self? Or what would be your opinion on Akumu's good, bad, and ugly? Yeah, well, one, Akumu, you did a, a great job. I mean, uh, I like the fact that you didn't give up. Because a lot of times when things get challenging or become challenging for us, we can say, you know what, I can't do this. And it's becoming too much for me. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And we may just not engage. So for you to go back multiple times, that showed that you wanted a desired outcome. Even if it was uncomfortable, you were willing to work for it. Secondly, the forgiveness part. <sighs> Forgiving other people is challenging. But then when you talk about forgiving yourself, that can be even more daunting. And a lot of times there's mental barriers that prevent us from allowing us to forgive ourselves. So for you to do that, and you even said that that was, that was ugly, it was tough. I really commend you for that because so much can happen and unlock within us 
the peace that we want, the peace that we desire, it can truly happen, but it has to start with us forgiving us and not just forgiving people who have wronged us or people we've wronged, but what about the, the letdowns that we have for us? So I, I highly commend you for that and really just going forward with that with that piece. And lastly, Claire, as far as the, the mindset, when, you know, mindset is, is a muscle, but it's not like a muscle that we can see. So each time, Akumu, you go back, you're building up your mindset. You're making it stronger. You're becoming more resilient. Each time you forgive yourself, you're building up that muscle within yourself to be able to say, you know what? I'm, I'm good enough. I'm okay. I'm not the worst person. And, you know, you showing yourself that type of love and affection it's going to pay dividends, not just now, but, you know, for years and years to come. So, so awesome job. Yeah. I mean, we've been building this muscle with the podcast, so it kind of helps to <laughs> force us to do hard things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But has that made you happy? I guess that was the question. Um, but don't answer that yet. Cause I want to ask you what we all need to know is how has this changed you? Maybe it has made you happier. Or has it pushed you in a different direction? Tell us. Uh-huh. Okay. So the funny thing is my gym instructor said today, exactly today, that, you know, when I'm about to start a tough workout, I usually just already my mind has made it up that it's hard. So um, I think the realization that was the same realization with this challenge for me. Like I usually consider things difficult before even trying them. So I've always assumed, oh, going to a restaurant alone is hard, but I've never done it. So either way, whatever that I had in my mind was way worse than what I experienced. So it's kind of like whatever you have in your brain before you try something is usually, you know, exaggerated. Um, so I'd say that's how I've changed in terms of just whatever I think in my head. Uh, it can't be as bad once I do it. Like That's literally what I've learned. And Honestly, that should make me happy because it means my anxiety is kind of like unfounded most of the time. Yes, I'd say that's how it has changed me. I usually have my own limitations, but those limits are usually way further than I should have them. Okay. Um, Now, Jason, what would you say to anyone who is interested in exploring this mindset to help them be happier, help them make others happier, or do more in the world or whatever reason it might be because I think we could all do with a bit more happiness in our lives what would you recommend as some 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 ideas to get started on this yeah I agree I think that we all can benefit from being you know a little more happier Uh, as you start I would say think about the end in mind so what is the outcome that you want how do you want to feel how do you want to look how do you want to think so have that intention and be intentional about that also, I think most importantly, know that as you go through these challenges or these steps, that it's going to be uncomfortable. Knowing that it's going to be uncomfortable will let you know when it, when you feel those feelings of anxiety or the tenseness, okay, I've already predicted or expected this to happen. So this is not a sign for me to retreat or to give in to my anxiety, but it's a sign that I'm on the right track. So that's going to help you be consistent because the more consistent that you can be, the more confident that you are on clarifying and reaching your goals. Akumu, do you feel like in your challenge, you, you, you did that? Or do you think that there's something you would want to do more next time? 
uh, I think maybe I should have done them a bit more, like of like more times to see how much better I'd get over time. I think that's what I'd, that's the only thing I'd, I'd, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, because Jason, you mentioned that a mindset is like a muscle. And so yeah. a muscle is something you, you've got to maintain. You've got to build it over time, right? You can get all buff and muscly. And then if you stop working out for a few months, you can lose it all. So that's a good, yeah, that's stop, true. <laughs> stop exercising that mindset, you might lose it, right? Or do you, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, the exposure, I, I identify it as exposure that Akumu did that helped. And if you continue that, it's going to make it easier. But if you were to only go to their restaurant, it's good, it's good as the burgers are. If you only go once every three or four months, that's not going to be helpful. But if you were to go every Thursday or every Friday, then you you find you'd be more comfortable with the, the atmosphere. People would get to know you. And I think you having your phone would be the least of your concerns. You'd be more focused on what's the special for the day. True. I think, okay, I forgot to say one thing. I almost cheated at some point because you remember the session I did without the phone? I, I told the, the waiter, I'm so I, I'm here alone. I'm feeling uncomfortable. Can you go and look for a table where I can join? Oh. But he didn't find one where I could join. Which So I, 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 I the uncomfortability actually was about to get to me at some point, yeah. No, I just have one. So, so Kumo, you're more comfortable with the people than without. Honestly, it's not even people. It's just a distraction. Because my issue with just being alone in a place like that is that, oh my God, are people looking at me? Are they wondering why I'm alone? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to be too much in my head. So even something as simple as chewing gum, like anything that would stop my thoughts from being center stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I find it interesting that both of you mentioned several times the word uncomfortable. I once had um, an executive coach who was actually one of our experts on the organized episode, being organized. And one of the things that I realized she did for me was making the uncomfortable feel comfortable by asking all those probing questions again and again. At first, you, you feel so ill at ease having someone probe you like that. But then actually you realize that by doing it, you get out to the other side, you have a better understanding of yourself, your wants, your ambitions. And I think a lot of these challenges that you did, yeah, they make you uncomfortable. But firstly, you push yourself, you challenge yourself, and then afterwards you have a sense of achievement as well. And you understand yourself and those around you better. I mean, you probably studied all the people in that restaurant enough. You probably had backstories for all of them. Ask me, I do. I could write a thesis on them. So now, um, Jason, we need the ratings. We need to know how you think Akumu did, right, Akumu? Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and hear what you have to say. I would rate that a 10 out of 10. I mean, (laughs) you you didn't quit. You didn't give up. Uh, you you acknowledged that it was difficult at times, but you made it through. I think when we talk about rating, I'm going to give it the highest of the high because you persevered and you're here to talk about it. So you're going to encourage so many people, including yourself, just by sharing your story and acknowledging like without your phone, it was challenging, but you did it. So kudos to you. 
Thank you. And I think you're also trying to make me happy because this episode is about happiness. So thank you. For the <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, because 10 out of 10s normally aren't allowed, Jason. I don't okay. allow anyone to get because there's always room for improvement. And also she likes she likes uh, decimal points. She usually gives oh, herself okay. decimal like a, points. Like a 9.8. So, yeah, exactly. But 10 out of 10, that's that's amazing. And yeah, Ekumu, does that make you feel happy? Of course. I'm very happy about this. <laughs> what could she possibly do? to get, you know, a 20 out of 10 um, to keep mm. this up in the long term or do something even different or additional? Yeah, I would say increase the uh, the exposure. So instead of going, if you're going to this a new restaurant once a week, try to do something twice a week. Um, maybe, and definitely leave your phone. I think being able to be at peace with yourself so you don't necessarily have to have something to look at. You're going to look at something regardless. Like I'm looking at your map right now. Clara. So there's something to look at and being in the present, we don't have to identify, you know, it's like that. I forget what movie is where they said, what do I do with my hands? You know, he's like, what do I do with my hands? Because he's so uncomfortable, but my hands are going to be there and I don't have to make them the focal point. I can make me enjoy myself and the experience be the focal point. So that's my recommendation. I really like that. And I think as we, as we all, I find as we get older, we tend to be more in our own heads and when I say in our heads I mean like thinking yeah what am I doing with my hands or what should I be looking at instead of just being in the moment and getting carried away by something um I certainly struggle with that more and more um so that's definitely something that I think we can all we can all learn from getting there might be difficult but I guess finding something to think about or to plan or to just look at or reminisce even or just Enjoying the food. I'd, I'd probably have just eaten my way through the whole menu in your position. I could more just <laughs> keep distracted. Uh, trust me, the alcohol was uh, working well. Maybe next time I should try no alcohol because now the alcohol is also calming the nerves. So maybe next time I'll do no alcohol. Then we see how that goes to be way more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I guess I would definitely say no alcohol. Uh, I didn't. I, when you said drinks, I'm thinking like strawberry lemonade. So <laughs> now well, you also got a rating from Faith, right? Should we take a listen? I'm glad that she was able to do um, uh, these tasks. So the first one was that she was able to take herself out for a meal, and like just have and just have a meal. You know the way we are like, oh my gosh, he loves you. He takes you out for dinners and lunches and things. So you you want people to do that to you or for you. But then you don't do that for yourself. So like, how do you know if you like it, or how do you know if that's 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 what um that will be okay with you? And just being able to unplug, just buying yourself a meal, you know, taking yourself out for a meal. And so that's what she did. And yeah, it was a bit of a struggle. She had to do a dry run first. It was a bit hectic, and she didn't know what to do with her hands because the task was don't call anyone, don't don't share, don't take photos. It's just you, just be in a bubble, be in a space and just enjoy your own company. And most people are unable to do that, unfortunately, because we live in a world where there's so much gadgets and, and devices influence that when you're on your own, even in the toilet, it's a moment to scroll and scroll and, and, and you know, plug in and chat and things like that. So she was supposed to unplug, which she did. And she's hoping to pick this up as a habit and do that once in a while. So I'm I'm so proud of you. And yeah, just the difficulty of undertaking that and just being able for, to share the same 
how awkward it was. She kept staring. People are not used to people staring. People are more used to people bent over on their phones or something or reading a book. And so just being able to look around and see your world and connect and have a meal and just feel full physically, emotionally, you know. You've seen, you've eaten, you've heard and things like those. I think it's the first step because then you're able to be comfortable in your space and in your skin and just being able to, you know, when you're left alone, you don't know what to do with yourself. So you can find happiness alone, okay? And then um, the second task was for her to pick up like a fitness regime, just being able to go work out, break her sweat and just, you know, take care of herself, her health. And she does this, which is amazing. She's uh, very enthusiastic about it. People who work out are happy people. One, because they get the happy hormone released after an exercise and the fulfillment and the joy and the achievement that I did this, that I pushed my body, that I show up in tights and I I sustain the first week to second week of pain and I keep listening and I keep, you know, doing this to myself for a brief minute. And then you start to notice the changes on your body and how your workout is rewarding you and how your clothes feel and fit and how quick you are on your step and how you're able to go up a flight of stairs or take a quick walk here and there or just, you know, very you're very alert. It's just an amazing feeling. I, I, I'm a, a workout person as well, and so I, I just always preach this gospel. Go work out, take a walk, take a swim, let's do this. Um, then she was supposed to work out a grudge like plan for it, see who she can seek reconciliation with because we carry a lot of baggage around and we wonder why we're so bitter, why we can't genuinely smile at a photo or celebrate someone or just just be happy and be at peace with yourself because you start thinking and remembering the atrocities that were done to you by people, attach all these emotions and expectations to the same and then in the end, something that was supposed to be so reconcilable or so quick to move past has grown up to be such a storm or a mountain and then of course with the distance and time both of you pulling away or both parties none of you wishing to reconcile then it becomes so irreconcilable which was just something that could have been handled so one of the challenges i told her to do was just let go of a grudge and she didn't need to like talk to the person or anything but just for me i let it out to her like be free to decide how you're going to let go of it. Sometimes it's to let go as a person on your end, to forgive and let go. And and that doesn't necessarily equate to having a better relationship with the person, talking, hugging, and just being happy-go-lucky, no. But just being able to be light enough to not carry it, not count it against them, seeing their photo online and not frowning and just wishing them well genuinely, but that this chapter I closed because of this and this that happened. I felt this way and I don't think I want to have this kind of people around my life and make me feel this way. So I'm walking away. I mean, you know, harm. it's a broken cup that will never hold tea again, but I've thrown it in the dustbin and I've gotten over it. So yeah, she was supposed to let go of a grudge. She reached out to someone, they talked and um, they are good. And I'm proud of her because she's lighter where that is concerned and and um yeah so the other thing was have a week where you have purpose to get eight hours of sleep every day so it's just a challenge you start i mean it's required for human beings to sleep for eight hours a day i mean 
as standard, but we rarely get eight hours. Again, gadget infiltration, work-life balance, and we prioritize sleep last and, and do other things. <laughs> and so I asked her to try and get sleep, uh, eight hours of sleep every day for like a week and then see if she can pick that as a habit that she wasn't able to do as such, but she'll get there. It's not easy. I personally don't sleep for eight hours. I'm, I, on a good night, I have six hours. So I, I, I'm no pressure, Akumu, but I'm proud that you are proud of it that you're considering it. And then uh, she's supposed to give, practice on philanthropy, just be able to give of her resources, time, maybe money, maybe energy, maybe anything. But she's supposed to just give. I can't remember if she told me something about this, but anyway. So these were five tasks that I gave her. She's supposed to do them over a week, a month, however long she needed to take. I've gotten some feedback. I like the progress that she's taken, having come from the journey that she's walked and that she's willing to do this, and that she's deliberate about seeking self-care and happiness, just being able to be in better spaces in the future. So proud of you, and I wish you all the best. in your journey, I pray that you keep finding happiness every day. Jason, uh, thank you so much. Now we want to know where can people find you and what should they come and find you for? Oh, that's a good question. So they can find me uh, all over social media at jphillipsmsw, J-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-M-S-W. And that's on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever, YouTube. And they can also listen to my podcast, the Peace and Prosperity Podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. And they should find me for, if you're struggling with self-doubt, self-confidence, anxiety, that's, those are my specialties, and I would help you reach those goals. Now, yes, people, there are many ways that you can say yes along with us. First, you can follow us and our experts on socials. We are at Yes Girls Podcast on all platforms. You can also find Faith at Nyoike Faith and Jason at J Phillips MSW. Double L. You can also go back and listen to all four previous seasons of the show or the other episodes in this season if you haven't yet, or re-listen to them. Why not? Relive the joy. Be happy. We have dozens of episodes in Yesticles saying yes to everything from being vegan to learning crypto to doing pole dancing and plenty of behind the scenes and special guests. So every episode offers something a little different. Do also check out our video diaries, especially of this being happy challenge and every other yes challenge to come on our youtube channel that's at yes girls podcast as you listen and watch please do take time to rate and review us not rate how we're doing the challenges but rate the podcast that helps other yes people discover the show and get as much out of it as you do do that on spotify that's rating us and and write a review on apple podcasts so that more people can find it yeah we can turn more people into yes people And remember, you can also reach out to us on socials to suggest challenges you think we should say yes to doing, being or learning or get involved as an expert or sponsor or share your own yes experiences. For this episode, we are smiling with glee as official productions and Snowball Studios for, as always, producing this episode so wonderfully. 
and for tolerating our silliness and many, many edits. And what would the world be a sadder place without Pedro Brand, who composed our theme music, and Cags of Eternal Concepts, who designed our happy logo? And of course, it brings us great joy to have had such amazing experts, Faith and Jason. And you know what makes us happy every darned day? You, yes, people. Yes, that's you, listeners, followers, and fellow yesayers. You listening and getting inspired to also say yes is what gets us up in any podcast morning. And uh, the last question that we ask all our experts uh, is, what have you recently said yes to? Hmm. Uh, I said yes to myself uh, about taking some time away. So I said yes to that. So that's that's the most recent. Did it make you happy? It did. Question. It did. Really Yay. Did. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. That's it for this episode. We'll see you in just a sh- two shakes of a lamb's tail. Or if you're listening to this in the future, then see you whenever you tap on another episode. That's all for this episode. Um, it kind of makes us sad mm. that it's over. But you know what? There's another reason to smile because another episode is coming after this one. The season ender. Can't wait. Yep. So we'll see you then. And in the meantime, of course, keep saying yes. And we will too, because we are the, the happy yes, yes girls. <laughs> happy, 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 happy